we kind of want to focus. And I think because of that, we've backed off a little bit on what we're pushing out in terms of Enneagram on our Instagram account, because we're not trying to compete with that at all. And, um, I guess we're taking it seriously and we want people to to love it like we do. That's probably why we don't have 20,000 followers either, but that's okay. Also true. Yeah, that's (laughs) cool. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Hello and welcome back to episode four of the Advice Not Given podcast. Today, Kelly and I are talking about one of our favorite topics. Kelly, what is it? It's the Enneagram! Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the Enneagram. If you know Kelly or I in real life, you know that um, the words Enneagram, you know, the word Enneagram is not far from our lips at any time. We seem to both be super obsessed with it and... um, We just want to take some time today to unpack a little bit, especially for those who either maybe you haven't heard of it at all or you've heard of it, but you're kind of on the outskirts of knowing what it is, what it's about, what it can be helpful for. Um, And we just want to dig into that a little bit today. Also, can I just congratulate us for waiting all the way to episode four to bring up this topic? I'm like really proud of us for being able to sit on it for so long. I am too, although we have alluded to it and we've yeah. talked about our types and some of our fixations in other yep. episodes. But yeah, I think it's really great that we've been able to to hold off. Yeah. Delay, so, gra- delay gratification. Which is, well, it's a thing for some types, but not all. Good thing we're not a seven. Right. Right? <laughs> um, so you guys, we also wanted to just make sure that you had a foundation because we're going to talk about things like you know, oh, that's part of my six wing or whatever it is. Well, just between Claire and I's conversation, you're going to hear us reference Enneagram. So whether this is something you really want to dive like headfirst into, or if you just want like a cursory knowledge of it, um, we wanted to give you a place to like a, a home base to come and just get a little bit of info about it without having to, to bite the, the whole thing off all at once. So yeah, here we are. absolutely. <laughs> so we wanted to both start with telling kind of how we each came to the Enneagram and then how it actually brought us together as friends. Mm-hmm. So Kelly, why don't you start off and give just a real quick intro, like your your backstory with the Enneagram, like how when you first came upon it and kind of how it impacted you? Yeah. So, well, my story is kind of I, like I, I remember it was through a podcast. Um, it was through listening to a podcast. I was... Kind of, I had been kind of obsessed with this um, this one podcast, and they kept talking about things, exactly kind of what I was just saying. Like, I felt left out of the joke. Like, I didn't know the inside little story that they were telling. Like, they were like, well, I'm a four, and I'm a nine. And I was like, well, why is the nine so much better? Or, you know, like, wondering if there was, like, right. I didn't know the system at all. And I'm like, okay, you guys, this is not fair. Like, I want in on the joke. But they never really came out and said, oh, every time we're talking about the Enneagram. So I didn't have anywhere to start to look it up. Well, they finally did an episode of their podcast. Um, it was like a 90 minute episode and we'll leave all this in the show notes for you guys. It was the liturgist. Um, and they had two authors come on and they went and they broke down every single number, what the whole system was. Um, it was really thorough. And I, like I was obsessed from that moment on because the minute I heard the five described, um, it was a little painful. <laughs> like it was like, ouch, that's, that kind of hit a little close to home. Um, but then when I sat back and looked at it, I was like, oh my God, that's me in a nutshell. And, you know, 
overlaying that with like a period of stress in my life, like I was kind of going through something not fun. We were living in a place that I wasn't really adjusting too well. Um, we had some stress going on at home, you know, just kind of all sorts of like this perfect storm of, you know, ugh, just hard stuff. And I found this thing that helped explain that I wasn't failing at being able to cope as an adult, that this, these were actually my like innate coping mechanisms rearing their full, you know, full face in the, in, in the face of stress for me. And this is what our bodies are, you know, that are created to do. We create these defense mechanisms to protect us from things. Um, so all of these patterns that I was noticing in myself that I was concerned about, um, like, oh my God, why can't I handle this hard thing? Um, I was able to step back and say, oh, wow, okay. So I have just taught myself over years and years and years to react in this kind of way to this stressful thing. doesn't mean it's good. I'm just saying, like, it was great to, like, see that for what it was, that it was an actual, like, biological function um, that, you know, that my ego had created in order to protect me. So I was able to kind of take a step back, be grateful for that, but then also move through it and come up with some healthier ways to uh, to react to stressful things. So that was kind of, long story short, that was, that was where I found it. I, from there, it was just devour all the resources I could get my hands on because I was so obsessed with it. And apparently a five thing is to read all the types. Some types will mm-hmm. only read their type and then leave the system. <laughs> That's all they're worried about is just theirs or, you know, maybe that's all that they needed. Um, so I spent, you know, I've just, I'm like, I read the books cover to cover and just like absorb as much as I can. It's just fascinating. So yeah. what about you? Well, I can't remember like the exact, like first time I heard the word Enneagram. I, I feel like it was probably like you through a podcast. I want to say maybe Jamie Ivy or somebody I followed on Instagram and, um, I ended up going to the, the Enneagram Institute website and paid the money, took the the paid test. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that thing took about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I still remember where I was sitting because I took the test and they immediately emailed me my results. And I sat with tears streaming down my face mm-hmm. as I read like the 20 page, um, you know, results. And here's kind of what your type is and why you do the things you do. And much like you, I had this like, moment of, oh my goodness, has someone been following me around my whole life? Have they been living in my brain? How do they know that this is exactly how I react? And Mm -hmm. it was like in a, in a few minutes, I had this understanding of why I do so many things that I do and like not the good stuff, right? Like the negative, um, the, the, the poor coping mechanisms and how I have responded or not, not responded well in times of stress. And it set off this um, pretty much unquenchable quest for figuring out more, not just about my type, but I thought, you know, if I have gleaned so much mm-hmm. from this, there's got to be like other, everybody else needs to know their type. And I wanted right. Ryan to take the test. And I, I began reading voraciously. And um, I still remember it, it had been probably a good year that I had been into it. And I remember as my final parting gift to the public library where I lived at the time, I had requested that they get Suzanne Stabile's book, The Road Back to You. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, because I requested it, I got to be the very first person to check oh, it out. And again, I remember <laughs> reading it and, um, you know, just being further confirming of, you yeah. know, how great I think it is. So, 
Yeah, that, so for me, it was, you, I think you nailed it too with like, oh, okay, now tell your husband to take it. Okay, what are you? Because you want that shorthand. You want right. to be able to like, you're reading through, you're like, oh my gosh, you do that. And oh my goodness, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. totally how you act when whatever. Um, one thing th- one thing to note too that you kind of mentioned um, while you were talking is it was more about the why than the what. Right. Um, right. And I think that that's why, especially Claire and I, but I think that's also why the movement is kind of like growing in such popularity because it isn't just like behaviors. So a lot of the personality tests, um, a lot of the, you know, any any of the big tests for sure, will they're really good at calling out your behaviors. So when you walk into a party, you do X, Y, or Z. Um, okay, cool. But I mean, everyone could walk into a party and do X, but for different reasons, Right. So the Enneagram helps kind of dig underneath what you're actually doing into the why behind what you're doing, which I think is huge because that can guide you can you can alter that. You know what I mean? Like you can alter the behavior, right. but the the motivation, once you recognize that and honor that, um, you can do a lot more with that. Um, right. And be a little more gracious with yourself, too. Which is so, Kelly, for our listeners who maybe like, let's say my grandmother's listening to this. I doubt she's hey, grandma. going to. But, <laughs> but if my grandmother is, is listening and she says, what is an Enneagram? What okay. would you tell her? <laughs> OK, well, the first thing I would tell her is that it's not a pentagram. <laughs> so. Right. It's not the devil worshiper okay. symbol. Yeah. So that's that's the. <laughs> First thing that my mom was like, um, I don't know, Kelly. I'm like, no, 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 mom, I promise. So the symbol itself is a circle. It's ancient. It dates back to like Pythagoras. Um, it is a circle. It has um, all of these intersecting lines that go across it in the shape of sort of like a loose star. There's like a triangle and then a six pointed shape that goes around the triangle. Uh, if you Google it, it's like it comes up super fast. We'll throw a photo in our show notes, all that good stuff so you guys can see it. Each point on that symbol has a corresponding number and it's numbered one through nine. Um, the very top number is actually nine, which is odd. So we can never start talking about the Enneagram. You don't start at one, you know, <laughs> you have to start right. at like eight or two or whatever. Um, so there's nine numbers all the way around the circle. Um, there are triads. So each, um, there are three triads and each triad has three numbers. And what those are kind of, without getting too deep right off the bat, those are essentially your, they call them centers of intelligence, but it's your um, head, heart, or gut sort of types. Okay, so they're grouped into, and a lot of traditions and a lot of different practices incorporate this law of three um, because it's just, it's really easy to work with. Um, there's no, it's not binary, so you're not choosing one versus the other, right? When you have a grouping of three, it actually makes it really neutral and really, um, balanced. So it's just a beautiful way to, to look at this. So you've got um, your your thinking center. I'm, I'm going in different orders, but your thinking center is down at the bottom. So those are your five, six, and seven types. The numbers five, six, and seven. You've got the body center um, or, you know, like the more instinctual reactive doing sort of folks. And those are your eight, nine, and one types. And then you have the heart center, which are your feelers. Um, So that's your two, three, and four. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Each type has its own, you know, specific archetype. Um, The idea is that we are each dominant in one type. You have one core number that you are. (laughs) Um, You can also have access to the numbers on either side of your core number, 
but those are more behavioral traits that you can kind of mimic or pull from if you need them. Um, and then the lines also have meaning, but we can get into that um, a little bit yeah. later. The, the point there is that it's a very fluid system and it allows for a lot of variance. So, you know, a lot of people think of personality types as a box or a label, Um this is a very complex box if we were to even go that route, but more than anything, it helps. It's more like a map to show you how to get out of that box. So it's not going to restrict you in, oh, I'm a type five and this is just how I am and this is, you know, it for life. It's not really about that. It's more about this is how I became a five. And this is, you know, I'm and I'm not overly identifying with, I'm not just an Enneagram 5. There's a lot more to Kelly than that, right? Right. These are just components and just it's sort of like, um, things. They're just pieces of me that I can improve right. upon if given the proper tool. And we think the Enneagram is one of those tools. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And we do want to just interject here. Um, those of you who maybe have gotten an Enneagram education, but you're just getting it from what you're seeing on Instagram. Maybe mm. you follow mm. all mm. kinds of adorable <laughs> Instagram accounts. I follow a lot of them. Um, it seems that in the last year, probably maybe a little more than a year, We've just been inundated with people who are taking two or three little bulleted descriptions from each type and making beautiful artwork and posting this mm -hmm. on Instagram. Or they're making, um, you know, funny memes with, if you were to go to the beach, here's how each Enneagram type reacts at the beach. Or here's how each Enneagram <laughs> type reacts on a first date. And while those can be clever and quippy and entertaining, we would say, look at those things with caution, because in a, a sense, while they're fun and entertaining, they can be reductive. They are reducing each type down to just a few little bullet points, and it, it's it's feeling more like a label than it is a tool to help you grow and help you like become your best your best self. And we, we've written about that and we'll put that yeah, in the show yeah. notes too. <laughs> so I think the funniest thing though is that, um, all right, so the memes are, occasionally I'll come across one that'll make me giggle because it's like, oh, it that was written by someone that knows my type really well. Right. Like they nailed it. But most of the time what these people are trying to do is conquer like all nine types in one post and they only know the one or two types that they're familiar with. So then the rest is just stereotypes. Um what do you, do you have any, like, I have a couple that stand out to me, like, fives are always categorized as being, like, loners, um, introverts, you know, walled in their houses, don't do people, um, and it's always, like, what's the, what does each type do at the beach, or whatever, and, like, the five is always, like, they go and build a hut and don't talk to anybody, I'm, like, come on, man, like, yeah, I'm gonna bring a book to the beach, but it doesn't mean I'm not gonna <laughs> talk to anybody. So there's always this moment where you're like, you either either like nails it and it's hilarious, but then the other eight types are probably like, eh, I don't know, like that was kind of mean, or <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any that stand out that are just like overtly stereotypical that are annoying for you, Claire? As a six? Um. Well, I, you know, I yes of course and I definitely don't want to name out any specific no we don't accounts <laughs> but but I, I feel for other numbers too I feel like eights are always portrayed always. as like bullies like they're yep. ready to fight mm -hmm. I feel like mm -hmm. um yeah it's almost as though they're continually pulling their material from how these people react in stress and while yep. that's a great thing to to identify and recognize that's like completely missing the point it's of how this fraction. tool can be yeah. used. And, and I think that's what feels 
frustrating to me when I think about, oh, wow, everybody, everywhere you look, everybody's got a new funny little Instagram account with uh-huh. Enneagram, you know, content. Um, so, yeah, I think we're not bashing those things for sure. There's a place both, for it. Yeah. And we both, just... fo- we both follow them, but we... Yeah. We kind of want to focus, and I think because of that, we've backed off a little bit on yeah. what we're pushing out in terms of Enneagram on our Instagram account because yeah. we're not trying to compete with that at all, and um, I guess we're taking it seriously, and we want people to, to love it like we do. That's probably why we don't have 20,000 followers either, but that's okay. Also true. Yeah, that's <laughs> also cool. True. You're not that's wrong. Cool. Hey, we're going for quality, not quantity yeah, yeah. in our world, so just know that. Okay, so at this point in the conversation, I think it might be helpful for us to run through each of the types, um, what the numbers are, what the corresponding sort of um, persona or attributes are given to them. Um, This is just going to be really cursory overview. This is definitely not going to be like a super in-depth diagnostic sort of thing, but think of it as an introduction to uh, what the different types are and um, maybe some that stick out to you um, or correspond with another typology that you've done in the past. Okay, so we're going to start with the body center. So type eight is called the challenger, sometimes called the instigator or asserter. Um, These folks are in the body triad again, so they're instinctual. Um, Their basic need is to avoid feeling weak or vulnerable. Sometimes they're intense people, but they're also reliable and mighty. Um, They can be confrontational, but and they don't necessarily have an urge to lead, but will jump in if a vacuum presents itself. They're dualistic and absolute in their thinking. Um, They can sometimes have a challenge with relationships because of their preoccupation with betrayal. Uh, But when they're healthy, they're empowering, passionate, and dedicated. Okay, right next door is type nine, and these folks are called the peacemakers. Uh, Their basic need is to avoid conflict. These guys are super laid back and accommodating, and this is my favorite. They're generally unaffected by life. (laughs) Um, They have a deep desire to keep the peace, um, and this can cause nines to kind of lose themselves and merge into the opinions and feelings of others. Uh, These are not the folks you want to ask, where should we eat dinner? Okay, because they're going to, they're just going to go with whatever anyone else says, and they will literally be paralyzed with that decision in fear of upsetting some sort of calm or equilibrium in the group. Um, They can be frustratingly ambivalent, and they often feel torn by the simplest of choices. But when they're healthy, they're empathic, diplomatic, and flexible. Okay, type one is called the reformer. Um, Sometimes they're called perfectionists, but I think I like the reformer. Um, And I've talked to a few ones who agree with that. Um, The core motivation or need for a one is to be perfect. They're idealistic, ethical, and self-controlled. They're always on the lookout to improve things in their surroundings. um, And they actually have this really instinctual way of seeing when things are off or wrong. Um, They can sometimes be seen as hypercritical and fixated, and they are often trying to avoid fault or blame. Um, Their relationships can be difficult when they resist vulnerability, and then uh, their criticism is kind of the key marker for one. So they can be critical, but more than anything, they have an inner critic that they cannot silence. Um, It is literally raging in their minds all day, every day. Um, They have a super high fear of failure, but in health, they are responsible, dependable, methodical, and uh, can make the world a better place. 
Okay, so we're going to move into the heart center next. These are your twos, threes, and fours. So type two is called the helper. And these folks need to be needed. They care deeply and have a heart to help. Uh, they can instinctively identify and provide comfort to those in needs. But sometimes their generosity can actually be self-serving. So that's something that they always need to kind of be on the lookout for. Um, Maintaining and recognizing healthy boundaries can be a challenge for twos in relationship, and they can often avoid acknowledging their own needs. Uh, but healthy twos are loving, warm, and make wonderful friends. Type three is often called the achiever or the performer, um, and they have a basic need to succeed. They're charismatic, super image conscious, and highly driven. Uh, they seek admiration and acceptance, and they can paint themselves with any brush to pull it off. They can literally become whatever it is that they need to become um, in order to kind of uh, acquire the adoration and admiration in the room. Uh, they avoid failure at all costs and fear being exposed as a fraud. Uh, they often seek undemanding relationships and tend to do feelings rather than feel them. Healthy threes are selflessly or selflessly accomplish amazing things. They're highly optimistic and they support others in pursuit of their goals. Type four is called the romantic or the individualist, and they have a need to be special. <laughs> They're in touch with all the feels and have an impressive emotional range. Um, they can be melancholic and moody and their basic fears of being perceived as ordinary. These are your folks on the fringes, uh, the emos, if you will. <laughs> um, fours are creative and uber expressive. In relationships, they can be melodramatic and high maintenance, but also incredibly empathic and comfortable dealing with hard stuff. Um, so if you ever need someone to just sit in whole space with you, you need to call a healthy four. Um, okay, and then moving into the thinking center or the head center, these are your five, six, and sevens. Um, so type five is called the observer or the investigator, and they slash we, I myself am a five, have a need to perceive. Um, they're objective, rational, and have a lust for acquiring knowledge. They have a fear of being incompetent and avoid depending on others. Um, and this has to do with a preoccupation on resources, um, information being a resource as well. So fives can draw or can withdraw from social interaction and often escape to their minds. In relationship, they can seem detached and are often misunderstood due to their analytical nature. It takes a lot of energy for fives <laughs> to get in touch with their feelings. Um, so a five that shows up for you is a, is, is a brave five. <laughs> um, healthy fives are calm in crisis. They're capable of true neutrality in a conflict and they are fantastic confidants. Type six is your loyalist, that's Claire. Uh, the loyalist needs to feel secure. Sixes are the most common Enneagram type, it's been posed. Um, they're devoted, they're cooperative, and they're warm-hearted. Uh, their thoughts are often dominated with planning for worst case scenarios, uh, and they can exhibit anxiety, even paranoia, when in lower levels of health. Doubt and suspicion can pose an obstacle for relationships for sixes, uh, but once trust is established, they can be loyal to a fault. Community is of utmost important because there's safety in numbers. Uh, healthy sixes are committed to the common good and are steadfast, reliable, and honest. And then the last number is the type seven, and these folks are called the enthusiast or the epicures. Uh, the enthusiast needs to be happy and avoid pain. Sevens define FOMO or fear of missing out. They're like literally their faces next to it in the dictionary. Um, they radiate joy and optimism, mainly because they refuse to sit with uncomfortable emotions. 
Enthusiasts are spontaneous and always seek out the next thrill. If their reality is the least bit disappointing, they're consumed with anticipating the next exciting adventure. Um, They can seem flaky and find commitment challenging, especially in relationships. But healthy sevens appreciate and seek out the joy in life because they're at at ease with their full emotional range. Well, let's just take this a step further and say someone... And, and we don't really know who our audience is. I know some people listening, you know your number, you've read 10 books, like this is nothing new to you. Yeah, yeah. But for the people who maybe are just getting an introduction or people who may follow several Instagram accounts and you're just kind of ready to take that next step out of curiosity, you know, we want to make sure that you understand that this is not just, and I, I hate to sound like I, I'm no fun, but this isn't just a, a, a little cocktail party right. banter kind of thing. Um, why, Kelly, do you think that the Enneagram or how maybe is the better question? How can the Enneagram and knowing your number, how can it help you? Give me the top three, like real quick, top three ways that you feel like the Enneagram can help somebody knowing. Well, so I think the first thing is just um, waking up to who you are. Right. Yep. So I, a ton of the teachers will talk about how um, we're just asleep. We're sleepwalking through life. Um, we have gotten our egos have taken over. They've gotten really good at um, shielding us from things and from putting us on, <clears throat> excuse me, on an autopilot. So we're just kind of operating in the world. And then we sit back and we wonder why we have problems with relationships or we have similar sorts of like things come up in our lives that we're having a handle. And we always just think like, what's wrong with everybody else? Why can't people just, you know, act right? Or <laughs> how were they raised? Yeah. I mean, I'm, and I'm saying this because I'm guilty of this. Um, you know, like, what's why is everybody so crazy? Well, okay, we need to take a little bit of ownership in the way that we're walking through life and the way that we're, you know, interacting with anyone else on our radar. Um, And I think we don't do that. I think a lot of times we just kind of behave in the way that we always have. And we just like, well, you know, and a lot of times these, some of the personality systems will allow for that. Well, that's just how you are. Right. Okay. It's like an excuse. Right on. So then what what do you do with that? You only seek out other certain types of people who happen to be compatible with you. Um, That's not how we should be operating. I mean, right. One of the, one of the teachers, I think it's Suzanne Stabile was talking about like, there's this tendency or this like, you know, this need to want to say, okay, well, I'm a five. Who are the my people that I'll be compatible with? Or I'm a five. I never get along with this other type. They, you know, we clash so hard. And no, no, no. You always want to blame like a relationship on a type combination or a type pairing. And she's the first one to say, like, you can't blame the relationship on your types. Right. You blame the relationship right. on the relationship. And that, you know, knowing your types would be a helpful way to move through it. But every healthy number can get along with or be in relationship with any other any healthy number. number. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all about like how healthy you are. So I'm going to say, you know, my top thing that I think you can walk away with or be interested in the Enneagram for is to learn self-awareness, how to observe yourself, observe your actions. So what it does is when you read, you figure out your type, or maybe you're still reading through trying to pick which one, it's going to call out some behaviors that are going to feel painful for you or offensive (laughs) you're gonna be like I don't oh that's no please that's really rude um but you might want to spend a little time there because what's happening is you're feeling like convicted that you do those things and there's this book telling you in black and white like this is wrong you shouldn't do this (laughs) and so once you start to recognize 
they're called red flags, right? Like once you start to recognize a red flag for yourself, um, you can just pause and be like, oh, I just did that thing. Wow. I must be stressed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even mean to do it. I didn't do it intentionally. Yeah. Um, So the first thing you mentioned was it helps you wake up. It awakens Mm -hmm. your sleeping ego. And the second thing that you said was probably the most important is that it helps you to learn Mm -hmm. self-awareness, which I think is wonderful. And that's kind of a great foundation and a great basis. But I would maybe fill in that third thing that it's helpful for is once you can become more self-aware, it then impacts greatly all of your relationships. And to me, that's where the gold is. That's where you mine the benefit of Mm -hmm. knowing this. Um, I feel like in our marriage, once we both Mm -hmm. discovered our numbers, it it gave us, as you mentioned earlier, a shorthand for Mm -hmm. communicating. And now, not that when we maybe have a disagreement, I say, well, that's just your one showing, or Ryan Mm -hmm. says, that's just your six. We don't use it as a a scapegoat for our behavior. But I, it helps me understand, well, of course, Ryan's motivated that way. He's he, His motive is he's wanting to see improvement in that situation yeah. as a one. Not He's not trying to be critical and harsh. He wants, and so when I can unpack that and know that about him, wow, even better. Yeah. And you think about if you can have that much impact in your marriage relationship, in your friendships, at your workplace, yep. wow, it, it's just the the benefit becomes exponential. Yeah, and the reality with that too is that not everyone you encounter is gonna care about any of this. Or... Of course, of course, <laughs> we want everyone to walk around. Well, I guess that's not even fair either. Like it's so, it's so cool to know what someone else is, right? Like it's just cool. But there's also a trap there because then you can get into labeling labeling them or predicting their responses or behaviors, which isn't fair. Um, you know, well, I'm not gonna ask her because she's a three and she'll, you know, like that's not that's not okay. Um, But it is cool if you can be kind of retrospective and especially in conflict, understand that the way they processed that scenario is different than the way you did. And you can use that in any relationship, regardless of how, you know, if they've got a personality type or not, like if they've figured any of this out, if you guys have ever had that conversation, you could be literally in Starbucks and something could go down, (laughs) whatever it is. And you can sit back and you can say, there are nine other ways of processing this information. And it's probably, that person probably doesn't process it the same way I do. Yeah. So you could just take a step back and allow for that. For the longest time, I thought everyone on the planet was irrational <laughs> or, that, or that I was just crazy and that I overthought things, you know. But there's some freedom in knowing, like, no, actually, you're you're not abnormal. This is a thing, you know, and it, it's kind of cool that it lies very neatly in this archetype. But, um, yeah, there's other people out there like you. You can seek those people out, which I've started to do. I'm in, like, eight Facebook groups for Enneagram Fives, which is so fun. Oh, wow. And helps me call attention to things that I didn't even realize was a five thing. But what's cooler than that is there's always this, you know, this question posed about, you know, relationship dynamics, or I have this person in my life that, you know, did this thing, and I'm tempted to act this way, what's a more healthy way to do that? And all these self-aware fives are coming in and saying, like, oh, this is why you did that, and this is what you, it's, so it's fantastic. It's a really cool resource um, to be able to fall back on. But yeah, more than anything, in marriage, in parenting, your children are not baby versions of you as much as you want to think that they are. They're not. Right, right. <laughs> so appreciating that they're probably not your type. Um, 
is huge and has has really given me a lot of space to back up and say, okay, let's talk about this a little more. So right, yeah, that's well. Great. And if you if you joined us for our very first episode, the midlife hump, we talk a lot <laughs> about how kind of like where are we and how did we get here. And I think both of us came to the enneagram at a time in our lives where it began to give us a vocabulary for what, what we were facing and kind of this new awareness or this desire to be more aware of, um, you know, the negative things that we have just, these patterns we've been stuck in for years and years and years and realizing, you know what, like, I want to do better. I have a lot of life left and I want, I want to, um, you know, utilize that and, and live it well, um, and not stay stuck. Excuse me. I think for me, it was more, I actually do still have some autonomy. Like I was kind of not unraveling, but I was just, I didn't feel like I had any control over the way that I was reacting to situations. And that worried me because I'm like, oh no, I, I'm more put right. together than this. Like I can handle hard things or I can, right. I can do this, but I wasn't handling things well. So I, you know, I had started part of a, a five sort of defense mechanism is to withdraw and isolate. And, um, you know, we've talked about this before, but like just kind of wall the world off because the world isn't safe, you know, like right. so this, this, these, this, these huge walls go up and I'm like, well, this isn't, I know that it's not healthy. Like cognitively, I knew that yeah. this is not help. This is not my best me, you know, but it, there was a ton of, um, freedom and knowing that no actually you're just in stress and this is how people that act like you react to stress (laughs) exactly it's it's okay you're protecting yourself and more than that even like the more I get into this and some of the more teachers I follow there's this um idea of so I look back on those periods of time in my life or you can look back on your childhood because I mean and we won't get into this today but a lot of that's a whole another episode but a lot of the reason your personality has formed the way that it has or the ego has formed the way that it has is in response to um things that happened in your childhood doesn't necessarily have to be something traumatic but oftentimes it is um wasn't the case for me but that was shaped for a reason i needed needs Mm -hmm. met i had needs that needed to be met um you know nature versus nurture all that good stuff and i also wanted to protect myself from things so it just kind of started to form as a child so you can, a lot of people get stuck in this trap of, well, I could have, I wish I hadn't have done that, or I wish I hadn't have turned out this way, or I wish these things hadn't happened to me. But you can look back on those early experiences um, and honor that and be thankful for those. And be yeah. thankful for even the negative parts of your personality because they are there because you needed them at some point in time in your life. And that, you know, behavior or trait or coping mechanism, or fixation, or whatever it is, has served you in some way. So be grateful for it in the moment. Don't feel shame or guilt about it, but be grateful for it. Just move on. (laughs) Yeah. And try to do better. So, Yeah. Well, I think we want to hone in on some small piece of advice that we can give our listeners about the Enneagram. And um, I want to just segue into that with a little snippet of a text message I received recently. Um, now that now that Kelly and I have kind of put the microphone, you know, up to our own faces about the Enneagram, we both end up getting a lot of messages from people in our lives yeah. when they have any kind of question about the Enneagram. And we're so grateful that they look to us um, 
as the gurus that we claim to be. But I had a message not long ago, and it was from a friend that says, okay, I've put off taking this because I'm never good at personality tests because Mm. most of my answers are determined by the situation. Mm -hmm. I'm never good at taking personality Mm -hmm. tests because most of my answers are determined by the situation. So I'm going to say that my advice here, and you can chime in and add to it or give something different, but my advice is if you aren't sure what your number is, do not go to one of the free little Mm. 45-question quizzes online. Um, Do not do that. Instead, go to the Enneagram Institute website. Just read. Don't even pay to take their test. Just read up. They have some great summaries, and we'll link to that in the show notes. They have some great summaries on each of the nine types. My advice, go read all of the types. Mm -hmm. I think when we start taking these little quizzes or even start reading the little uh, memes and cute posts we see on Instagram, we start we, we do. We like we want that to be true of us. Or I, I think that this is how I respond. Um, and so instead of pigeonholing yourself with this little unreliable quiz, my advice, go read up on the types. If you want to check out some books at the library, we also have a great recommended reading list mm-hmm. we'll attach to the show notes. Um, but re- just read up a little bit. That's all I'm asking. Just read up a little bit and then see where, as Kelly mentioned, where it feels like your toes are being stepped on. Yeah, and and, and maybe awful. and maybe hone in a little on that and mm-hmm. go from there. What so would I'll you take say? it a step further to um, the quizzes again are fun. Um, and I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. We thought about I thought about creating a quiz. Claire kind of pulled me back um, just as a marketing tool. It's a really great email list generator <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that everyone that has a quiz has done that. Um, but you got to, I mean, people are people and especially people that are trying to um, sell a product or make money or assert themselves or, you know, maybe they're trying to be helpful. But the deal is you're going to take a quiz. That quiz has one shot to capture you. And if you get a result back that says your um, Harry Potter house is Slytherin and you don't like it, guess what? You're going to toss the whole system out, right? <laughs> that, that or you're going to go back and retake the quiz <laughs> or you're and retake it, it so. and try to you know. I, I am guilty of that. Every single question. I know mm-hmm. what you're asking. I know which type you are assigning me to in this question. And I don't want to be that one. So um, it's, and it's really, you have to be fairly self-aware to take these quizzes well, if you think right. about it. And the whole point is you're, you're looking into the Enneagram because you want to be more, like learn how to be self-aware. Um, so right. you're missing some of the foundational like prep moments. Um, also, there's a, there are some quizzes out there that get into some really complex um, uh, nuances to the Enneagram. Like, I don't know, Claire, if you're familiar with tri-typing, but there's a quiz out there yes. that's one of the free ones that pops up pretty high that will give you a tri-type. You guys, don't do that. I Like, I don't even understand that yet. And there might be some validity to it, but it's hotly contested in the Enneagram world as to whether or not it's even a thing. It's just kind of like, oh, we'll give you one number in each of the triads. Well, what are you going to do with that? You know, <laughs> Right. Again, if you're a tri-type fan, shoot me an email. We'll talk later. But <laughs> I had someone tell me like, oh, I'm a four, a seven, and a two. And I'm like, what? How, I know. How are you getting any value from that? I mean, you need an anchor point. So not only that, again, it's kind of like the memes, right? No one knows everything about all the types. And you can't, well, I mean, people do. But you can't disseminate that information in a 25-question quiz. 
No. Um, so it's really, it's really hard to do. So just, you guys take all of that into account. If you take a quiz just to get your bearings, um, that's fine. But take it knowing, like, if they don't nail you on that first shot, please don't throw the whole system out. Because there are better yeah. ways. And I would even say, read the types and listen to other people who yeah. know their types. I was going to say Talk. that, too. Yeah. Listen to other people. Find a few podcasts. We can yep. recommend some. Um, I have gleaned a lot just in listening to conversations that yeah. other podcasters yeah. have had, you know, type, not just my type, but other types mm-hmm. on. Um, you, I think you get the nuance so much better yeah. when you can... Yeah, you, you can really hear do. That. I mean, it's that's how I that's how I found out that I was a five. Like, was listening to not only the five description, but two or three people who identify as type five get up and talk about why they're a five. Um, you know how they acted in some scenario experience, um, and I'm like, oh my god, I've done the exact same thing. Um, right. Which is crazy again because I'm more extroverted. I've always skimmed over the five, and if I were to take a quiz or you know look at a meme and try to identify based on the introverted five construct, I never would have, I always actually had a really hard time with that until I started yeah. listening to folks that have different flavors of fives. So, yeah. yeah, very good. Well, and in that same vein, talking about advice, yeah. we always want to circle back around to our previous episode and the advice that we gave, you know, we are not just here, um, encouraging other people. We are trying to utilize these conversations with one another to, take each other's advice and put it into practice. And hopefully it's something that can be a quick win during your week and something that's going to benefit you and bring you some joy. And last week or on our last episode, episode three, um, we talked about boundaries and we talked about the power of no. (laughs) So (laughs) Kelly's advice on that episode was just to tell somebody no and nothing else. Like no, no more, you know, explanation, no apology. And so we want to check in in full transparency (laughs) and see how we did with that advice. I have a little story. I, I failed this week. I did terribly, (laughs) terribly with our advice, but, um, and I can, I can go first or if you have a story. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the advice was, you know, we protect our our energy and our time when we have boundaries. And one of the best ways to do that is to just say no. Well, I did the opposite. Um, (laughs) I had an event already on the calendar that was really kind of just for me. And my kids, two of my kids had an opportunity um, for something that they could do. And Mm -hmm. instead of just saying, no, I'm already booked. I said, well, let me think about that. Oh, and so no. that opened the door. And then yep. I don't know, there's two of them. There's one of me. They're, <laughs> they weren't summer. pressuring me. I mean, <laughs> well, and yeah, there's a whole yeah. other like deeper, <laughs> deeper thing to it probably. But yeah, yeah, sure. I, I got, I got Mom influenced guilt. by not wanting to tell them no. And oh, so, wow. you know what I did? I agreed to the thing they wanted to do. I un RSVP'd and changed my response to the thing I wanted to do. Um, but it showed me something important and that is I tend to put everybody else's needs above my own a lot and their preferences and my things on the agenda can often become, you know, disposable or in pencil and erasable and everybody else's agenda becomes in permanent Sharpie marker. And so I have to, you know, make a confession here that I did not take our advice. (laughs) I recognized it though. I recognized it right away that like, Oh yeah, that would have been a good time to just tell them no. 
Um, and as a parent, you don't have to give your kids a, an explanation, but I could have said, I have this thing that's important to me that I want to do. <laughs> so I do that though. And that's, I'm probably messing my kids up. Cause I'm like, you want to take this away from mommy? <laughs> mommy needs this. <laughs> Yeah. So what was your, what was your no this week? Cause you well, said just even a simple no, like telling grandmother no for more mashed potatoes. Did you, <laughs> yeah. did you tell, did you break any hearts this week? I did not break any hearts. Again, there's not a lot of hearts like banging down my door asking for favors because <laughs> I don't say yes a lot. Um, but I, I, I was thinking of one. So there was a, a work opportunity, kind of like a freelancer sort of thing that actually someone else said no for me like I chimed in and said I was interested um and my friend texted back and she was like no this is not something that you want to do (laughs) not that it's beneath me but it's like it's not worth your time like she's looking for someone that's less um qualified to do a thing but I was like but the thing was is it looked interesting I was like oh okay yeah I could do that and you know I know I have competence in this thing um, actually it was somebody looking for help with an e-course and I was like, oh, I can, I know that system. And, um, anyway, yeah, I was, I was told no, um, as a favor. And I actually really appreciate that because it was, um, someone else who is being respectful of my time and my no's and my yeses. Um, nice. which is really cool. So sometimes you might need a little external help. So did we both fail? Oh my God. Hmm. We're going to have to try harder. Or maybe try harder I, to remember. I'm not going to give myself an S for failure. I'm going <laughs> to give myself a C for you didn't say the no, but it didn't take you long after the whole thing went so down to nice. realize, ding, 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 red alert. This is one of those times. And so um, going forward, I'm going to, um, that's going to stick out in my mind. So I'm not going to mm. say I failed. I'm going to say I got a C on that maybe, assignment. <laughs> maybe we can check back in and, and do a follow up. Oh my gosh, we should yeah. do an episode where we go through like all of the episode advice. And <laughs> that would be great. And kind of grade ourselves. <laughs> like, <laughs> report card. A report, report card episode. Card. Like clearly, don't anyone ever listen to anything we say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fun. Okay, cool. So advice right. this week is don't take a test or if you do, take it Just with go some... read. Just go read up on your number. I'm read saying no test. Go, okay. go read a description of... All, if you don't know your number at all, go read up on a description of each of the types. If you already know your number, I'm going to say, instead of liking a million Instagram accounts, mm. go read again. Go find your number on the Enneagram Institute and read yeah. about yeah. your strengths, what yeah. you do in, um, in health, and then try to lean into that this week. So that's my advice that I'm not giving. That you're not giving. Yep. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at millspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.